This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com Okay, good evening everyone. Shalom Aleichem. Sorry for the delay. This is our final share before the Yom HaGadol, Yom HaKippurim. We have a very important topic tonight. Uh, the Shurim are sponsored by Dr. Zakim and Meshpachta, Leila Nishmas, Rav Shem Eliezer Rabbi Yaakov Zakim, and Leila Nishmas, Dr. Zakim's mother, Rivka Basavi Halevi, Beganed and Temenu Chassam, they should be Melitza Yisham for their whole family. Adbias Gael Tzedek. This week's share is dedicated by Lazer Ashreicher, Azer Fushlema for Chava Baschaya Esther. Also, tonight's share is dedicated by Daily Giving. If you're looking to tilt the scales, go to dailygiving.org and they will help you ensure that every day of your life is full of tzedakah. This way you'll have at least 365 mitzvahs on the right side. And that could spell the difference. For you, for your family, and all of Klal Yisrael. Um, I do it myself, and uh, everyone is encouraged to join in uh, something that many Yidin together are being the kind of the midst of tzedakah. Tonight's share is also sponsored by my dear friend Rav Gedali Schwartz in, appreci- in appreciation for the shiurim. So I'm, I'm right back at him. I'm also dedicating the shir in honor of Gedali Schwartz for his amazing dedication in sending out, disseminating the shirim literally 24 hours a day. I don't know when he sleeps. Okay, but Hashem should give him rest in whatever little uh, sleep time he has. Um, okay, we have a very important share tonight. We also have very little juice on the Zoom. So, uh, Bezos Hashem, uh, here we go. The Torah brings in our Chaim, Simen Tafresh Gemel. The Torah quotes Yushalmi, that Rabchia commanded Rav, if you could eat the whole year chulin b'tahara, you should eat. But if you can eat chulin b'tahara the whole year, then at least seven days a year, you should do so. Now what does it mean to eat chulin b'tahara? Uh, in the times of Rav and Rav, there was no Beis HaMikdash. There was no concept of Tumah b'tahara. So what does it mean to eat chulin b'tahara? But it was an extra pious practice. And this is what Rav encouraged Rav to eat chulin Bitahara for seven days. What are these seven days? Says the Torah that the Aviezri says there's a tradition. These are the seven days between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. And they're called seven days. Why are they called seven days? Why aren't they called ten days? Because Rosh Hashanah doesn't count and Yom Kippur doesn't count. So therefore, Rosh Hashanah, you don't have to tell someone eat Bitahara. All Jews eat Bitahara. Even though, why? Because one is obligated to purify themselves before Yom Tif. Like the statement of the Gemara, Chayv Adam Latara Atzmai Beregel. So all you have basically is seven weekdays. Therefore, based on this, Yushalmi, the Minog in Ashkenaz, is that even someone who is not careful in Pas Akum the whole year, during the Aser Simei they are supposed to be careful on Pas Akum. Right? So, no Entimans, no Drakes, for even, even if it's not Chal of... Uh, Akam. Still, let's say uh, Arnold's bread, English muffins, all that, you're not to eat during the Asaras, you made Shuvah. Again, the Yushalmi doesn't say that. The Yushalmi says, Rav told Chia, excuse me, Rav Chia told Rav, eat Chulan B'Tahara seven days a year. Predicated on that, it was extrapolated that seven days a year, one should be careful with Pas Akam. Now, you're never allowed to eat the bread of a guy. It's never permitted. That's pas, um, 
paltar. In other words, that, that's the bread of an individual guy. The bread of an individual guy, you're not to eat the whole year. But if he's a commercial baker, you're allowed to eat it the whole year. Just not a sarsim tshuva. By the way, the Mishnah Bura says that Shabbos is like a sarsim tshuva. So therefore, like on Shabbos, you don't have pasakam, you don't have entomins, drakes, or uh, Stelladoro cookies. Same way you don't have it during a sarsim tshuva. The Mishnah Bura says Shabbos as well. Okay. Is that the opposite? Pas Palter is, right. is a baker. So that you're allowed to have. You're allowed to have of an individual. Individual baker, you can't. Commercial baker, Palter, of a baker, official baker, you're right. You're, you're, uh, you're allowed to have. Okay. So this is interesting because there are a lot of Chumras out there. There's actually a book, A Thousand and One Chumras. No, I'm just joking. But, <laughs> but there could be a book like that. There are many Chumras. There are Chumras on anything. And for some reason, when it comes to Aser Tshuva, what Chumra are we supposed to like abide by during Aser Tshuva? Don't eat Pasakam. What about Cholavakam? Uh, I know, it doesn't say. What about uh, a million other Chumras that you could probably come up with? What about um, being Machmer on Rabbeinu Tam? You know? What about being Machmer on the Mugen Avramzman? You know, did, did, did anybody ever say, you know, during Asosine Tshuva, wake up earlier for the Zman Krishma of the Magen Avram, or keep Shabbos like Rabbeinu Tam. There seems to be an emphasis on Pas Akam. However, the Elif Hamogin writes, and for those of you uh, listening on Zoom, uh, I'm not sure how much longer the Zoom is going to last tonight, but um, the Elif, well, maybe we'll try it with the, with the sound, but the Elif Hamogin writes, any, every God-fearing person should learn out from here that it's not just Pasakam that you should be careful about, but anything, whether it's the Pas of a guy, anything that some place can allow and others do not allow, even though during the course of the year a person is lenient, during that Sarasimei Tshuva, you should be careful. You should be Zohar. Meaning, don't say, okay, good. Sarasimei Tshuva, fine. I'll... I'll uh, Eliminate drakes from my menu for seven days. Anyway, I'll probably lose a few pounds if I do that. You know, it's good for dieting. No, extrapolate. It's not just pasakum, but any type of chumrah that it's possible to observe, one should try to observe during the Sarasimei Tshuva. So you shouldn't purchase something that has a chshash iser, like yayin nesech, or the meat, the meat that you purchase during this time of the year should be on a higher level of supervision. And even if you can't accord yourself, so you say, well, come on, you know, I can't do that the whole year, it's okay. At the very least, during these days of the year, you should be careful. Even if it has a hachshirim? Yeah, but there are, there are different levels of hachshirim. There are hachshirim and there are hachshirim, you know? So even a hachshir you would rely on the whole year, but you know that it might be a bit iffy, don't rely on it during That's, In other words, the specific example given is pasakum. But from there we should extrapolate that when it comes to other chumras, this is the time of the year to, to be more careful. So a few things we have to address. Number one, but why is it that of all the chumras, it's pasakum that we're focusing on? And secondly, isn't it hypocrisy? Either you keep it or you don't keep it. Now I only, I only eat kosher in the house. You know, I only eat kosher during Asesimei Tshuva. I'm only careful. I mean, are you allowed to do it or you're not allowed to do it? If you're allowed to do it, then I should be able to do it now. If I'm not allowed to do it, then you can't do it the whole year. What is this? No, during the Asesimei Tshuva, 
I'm, I'm on my best behavior because Hashem's watching. But as soon as Yom Kippur's over, what, what, Hashem's not watching anymore? What you do doesn't matter as much? You know, what, what's the rationale of being careful at a specific time of the year and not being careful another time? You don't plan, the person says, I don't plan on keeping this. You know, it's one thing, you're doing, to, you're doing tshuva. If you're going to do tshuva, you have to really tell Hashem, you know, I'm serious about this. Imagine a guy on Yom Kippur says, Hashem knew, but God knew, I really feel sorry and I'm never going to do it again until after Yom Kippur. I mean, is that a tshuva? You can say, I'm never going to do it again until after Yom Kippur. We know that's not tshuva. So what exactly is the value of observing these halachas for just this period of the year? So I want to suggest um, four approaches. Okay, approach number one. Should we try that? The camera's working? I don't know how to work this. Okay. I'm going to see you one. Okay. So wait until this goes. About two minutes. (laughs) So, um, approach number one. We know that we make different insertions in the Shema Nasser. We say, Zachreen al-Chayim. We say, Michamecha Avarachaman. We say, Chosayv l'Chayim Toivim. We say, B'Sefer Chayim. What's the idea of adding these insertions to Shema Nasser? What's this all about? Why do we make these additions to Shemayna Esrei? So the Me'iri, in his Chibur HaTshuva, he says something uh, very beautiful. He says, It's a very beautiful custom to me, he says. Human nature is to be stirred when there's something new. When, a, when there's a new Zman, or something new happens, as opposed to the regular, uh, ordinary types of things. Therefore, says Me'iri, during this time of the year, where a person really has to be aware and awake. So you know what Chazal say? Chazal say, what are we going to tell people? Oh, have more kavana during the Asesim Tshuva? Imagine if Chazal would say, okay, have more kavana. Yeah, but I'm, I'm sitting there, I'm looking at the same words I say the entire year. It's very hard to stir myself to have more kavana saying the same words I say the whole year. So you know, Chazal have this great idea. You know what the idea is? They stick in additions in the Shemana Esrei. Meaning the, the real point here is to say the first bracha of Shemana Esrei with more kavana. But if they just say, say the first bracha with more kavana, then people are going to try, they're going to be staring at the words, and they're going to say, hey, same old, same old. But now that Zachreinu L'chaim is in the first bracha, well, it's a different Zachreinu L'chaim. It's not... That it's important to say Zachreinu L'chaim. It's important to have more Kavana and Shman Esrei. But the only way to do so is we need something new to be stuck in. You know what I call? I call it a speed bump. Right? In other words, you need people to slow down during our Sesame Tshuva. So if we just say slow down, I would like to slow, but I'm already on autopilot. So we put in speed bumps in the Shman Esrei. Oh, 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 there's a... Don't get too fast, you might forget me. And then you really got to slow down because if you blow Hakela Kadesh, you're going to have to start all over again. So basically, what's the point of Zachreinu Lechayim and Michamaycha and Hamalcha Kadesh? It's a speed bump. It's, but it's not there. What's a speed bump for? So that you should have a nice ride when you drive over the speed bump? The speed bump is so the rest of the ride you should do it carefully. So the reason we make insertions in the Shemana Esrei 
It's not, oh, I need Chaim, so I better say, Zechreinu L'chaim. No, it's I need Chaim, so I better say, Baruch Atah Hashem, Elokeinu V'lekei Avaisinu, Elokei Avraham. So I would humbly suggest the purpose of Chumras during Aser Asimei Tshuva, they're speed bumps. There we go. It's a speed bump. In other words, really, I have to be careful during Aser Asimei Tshuva, I have to make brachos with kavana. And, you know, like the Svarim tell us, before every meal, we learned about this, the Rosh Chachma writes, the Shlach Kadar says, before every meal you should do tshuva. And even on Shabbos, during the rest of the year, you say, before you start a meal, before you sit down, you say, Chatasi, Avisi, Pashati, Lefanecha. And during, on Shabbos, before you start a meal, you should say, Umal Hashem Alekecha, Slavavcha. A meal is an opportunity to do tshuva. So, if we just tell you, you know, slow down, you know, eating is a very important thing. You have to make sure you say brachos properly. You have to make sure you eat properly. You have to make sure you have the proper thoughts when you eat. No, no, I'm too busy. So we give you a speed bump. The speed bump is, I sit down to my meal, I open up my, my bag of Arnold's. Oh, I, I can't eat the Arnold's. I have to eat um, a Jewish bread. Yeah, but the Jewish bread, it might not be as soft as the Arnold's. Okay, but for 10 days, oh, you'll, you'll have to have the, the Jewish bread. Oh, it's a speed bump. I have to eat differently during Nasr Esmichuvah. It's like Zachrinu L'chaim. And now, I have to be... Um, there, whatever chumras a person takes upon themselves, whether it's eating, whether it's davening, whether it's in any uh, form of conduct during Nasr Esmichuvah, these chumras serve, perhaps, we're suggesting, as a sort of reminder that you take upon yourself these extra stringent practices, it's not for the extra stringent practice. Whether or not you eat the pas palter, whether you eat the uh, pas akam, I mean, it, that's not the, the deal or not. That's not the big deal. The big deal is you need to eat differently. You need to daven differently. You need to behave differently. The extra chumras that are only during this time of the year, even though you have no plan on keeping it after, is sort of to alert you not to just go through things in a routine manner, but rather to stop and think. That's the first approach. The Kitzur Shulchan Aruch says, Shai. <laughs> Sorry. The Kitzur Shulchan Aruch says a different approach. He says in Simon Kuflamitz of Katan Beis, Okay, could you hear this? Well, my speak might be open. That might certainly be an issue. No, it's not working. Okay. Could you hear now? Could you hear? Okay, we'll try it. Okay, the second approach, the Kitzur Shulchan Aruch says that Roy lo adam sheisnaig biyamim elu gam bechumrois sheinoinoig bahem kal hashana. Why? Because we ask a Hashem, Hashem, mesnaig imanu bechasidos, deal with us piously, meaning basically give us a break, cut us some slack, deal with us. Uh, the Hasidus during this time of the year. Okay? Here go the next batteries.
Okay. We ask HaKadosh Baruch Hu during this time of the year that He should be Mesnahig Imanu B'chasidos. Basically we say, Hashem, whatever, whatever normal protocol you have the rest of the year, however you're usually going to look at us, whatever, however you're usually going to analyze us, please deal with us B'chasidos during this time of the year. We say, Mesnahig B'chasidos. We say, During this time of the year, Hashem acts piously. So if we're ask, asking Hashem, Rebbe Hashem, act piously with us, we need to respond in kind. So even though we have no plan on doing this later, at a different point in the year, but in order to give some credibility to our request, Hashem, we need to also be noyeg with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, B'chasidos. The Chayodim says similarly that it's proper to be noyeg, not just the Chumrah of Pasakam, but all kinds of Chumras, even though you're not noyeg in them the whole year. Because since HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Mesnaheg B'chasidos, we should likewise. By the way, this comes from Ramesh Kordavera. Now, that's a little bit of a different point than what we just said. First point is how do you have a face to go to Hashem and say, hey, God, you know, Bend over backwards for us. You can't ask that unless you're, we're doing it ourselves. So, we sort of, in order to give credibility to our request, deal with us piously, we need to show Hashem we're, we're also acting b'chasidus. So now we have a, more of a, a leg to stand on when we ask Hashem, deal with us b'chasidus. The Chayodim is saying a little differently. It's not that it's to give credibility to our claim. The reality is, Hashem is acting b'chasidus. Therefore, our responsibility is always to emulate Hashem. So since this time of the year, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is sitting, the, uh, the Ramak says, look at number 6, the Aleph Hamogin, and the Matei Avraim says, that the Lashon of the Ramak, Af imizar It's correct, even if you're not going to do it the whole year. Why? L'fish HaKadosh Baruch Hu yoyshev al kisei rachamim umesnahig so we need to emulate the mode of Hashem. It's a different nekuda than the Kitzer. The Kitzer Shogunach says, it's in order to ask Hashem, please deal with us piously, we need to, yeah, what kind of audacity is it to make the request if we're not acting that way? But Chayodim is saying, and the Ramak is saying, that it's just proper to emulate the Midah of HaKadosh Baruch which this time of the year, he's Yoyshev al-Kisei Rachamim Misnaheg B'Chasidos. So then it comes out, so what are the most important Chumras to be Noyeg during Aser Semei Not eating Arnold's? Or dealing with other people B'Chasidos? In other words, the purpose of all of these Chumras are not... Uh, don't eat English muffins. Oh, Baruch Hashem, I didn't eat any. I'm going to have a good year because I didn't eat any English muffins during the Sarsimit Shuvah. I didn't eat Entimit Sarsimit I'm a Tzadik Gomer. The point of not eating the Pasakum is to stir your heart to deal with other people. Bechasidus, you know, you have a fight over a dollar fifty with a guy. So be Michael, it's not a big deal. It doesn't owe you a thousand dollars. He owes you a few bucks. Or he stepped on your toe. Be Michael him. The Iker Chasidus is interpersonal. I want to share with you another idea. This past um, Purim, my friend Rav Nassim Waldler, 
came to visit me. He made a long trip. So I said, you know what, you, made, you came all the way, let's learn a little bit about Purim. So we learned from uh, Rabbi Yonis the Yaris Devash. And I saw then on Purim, a Chidush Noira from Rabbi Yonis I said, this would be perfect for Yom Kippur. You want to hear a miracle? Even though I didn't remember to bring the computer. Or, and, I didn't re- and I didn't remember to charge my phone. And I don't have, and, uh, and good, have good batteries. But I did remember what Rabbi Yonis and Ibishet said. And I had it, you know, stored away. That would come before Yom Kippur. I have to say over this Rabbi Yonis and Ibishet. The Gemara says in Megillah, Daf Yud and Aleph. The students of the Rajbi asked him, Rabbi, why did the Jews in the times of Purim deserve to be destroyed? So he said, no, you tell me. So what did they say? They said, because they were Nenef from the Suda of Achashverosh. So Shemar says, that's nonsense. If that's the case, then only the Jews in Shushan should have been threatened with annihilation, not the Jews all over the world. He said, Rebbe, yeah, we never thought of that question. You tell us. So he said, because they bowed down to the Tselem in the time of Nebuchadnezzar. So they asked him, but Rebbe, if they bow down to Avodah Zarah, that's terrible. Why were they saved? They asked, Why did God show them favoritism? So the Rajbi said, eh, they didn't really bow down to Avodah Zarah. They just bowed down outwardly, so Hashem threatened them outwardly. This is one of the most difficult Gemaras you'll ever come across. Because everybody's always familiar. You know, why did they deserve to be destroyed in the time of Purim? Because... They ate from the suit of Achashverosh. Question number one is, what's wrong with eating at the suit of Achashverosh? It was kosher food. Well, I mean, imagine if a guy said, you know why the Jews deserve to be destroyed? Because uh, some Jews, they eat hot dogs in Yankee Stadium. Why someone would go to Yankee Stadium? Just to watch an overplayed, an overpaid team be worse than teams that are a tenth of their salary? I mean, for that kind of record, you might as well sell $290 million, you know? Okay, people want to go to Yankee Stadium. They haven't learned their lesson for 20 years already. Now, next year they'll be good. Next year they'll be good. I mean, okay, but it's kosher food. What's wrong? What's wrong with the fact that the Jews ate at the Sud of Achashverosh? That's the first question. They were Nenef from the Sud of Achashverosh? And anyway, that's not even the reason. Why do they deserve to be destroyed? Because they bowed down to the Tselem in the time of Nebuchadnezzar. You know, like, how do these two things fit together? They bow down to the Tselem. So then, if that's the real reason, the threat should have been in the times of Nebuchadnezzar, not in the times of Achashverosh. I mean, if the Rajbi is right, that the reason why they deserve to be destroyed is because they bow down to the Zorah, they sh- Haman should have came a hundred years earlier. Why didn't they ask him that question? And what do they mean, V'chi'eza masay panam yesh bedavar? Says Rabbi Yonah that when they bowed down to the Avodah Zarah in the times of Nebuchadnezzar, it was not really a big deal. You know why? Because they probably did tshuva. No? What do you think? The Jews stood there in ba- Babylon, they all bowed down to Avodah Zarah, and then the next day they had a guilty conscience, and they, they went to Shul, Ashamnu, Bagadnu, Gazalnu, and even if they dive in Nusach Ashkenaz, but by the next Yom Kippur they said a Vidoy L'chaira, right? So, or they said, uh, by Slichay Savidoy, 
And they did tshuva. So what's the big deal they bowed down to Avodah Zarah? They did tshuva. Says Rabbi Yonis tshuva is called nisoy panim, showing favoritism. When does God accept our tshuva? So let's look in the Gemara Brachis. The Gemara Brachis says, Darash Rabbavir, look at number 8. Zimnin Amr Lev Shnei Ravami, Vizimnin Amr Lev Shnei Ravasi. The heavenly angel said to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Shalom, it says in your Torah, you don't show favoritism, you don't take bribes, but what do you mean? It, but the Pasuk also says, Yisa Hashem Panavelecha, you do show favoritism. That's what the angel said to God. God, why do you show favor to the Jewish people? God said, I'll tell you why. Because I told them, you'll eat, you'll be satiated, and you'll bench on Abeya. On a bay, I said, excuse me, that uh, you'll eat, you'll be satisfied, and you'll bench. What does satisfied mean? I mean, a Jewish guy is satisfied when he eats a big hero sandwich. He has to eat like, you know, a, me- a big thing, and only then you bench. And the Yidin are machmer on themselves. They bench even if they eat a kazayas or a kabeah. So if you want to know why I show them favoritism, it's because I tell them, bench if you eat a g- tremendous meal, and they bench if they eat even a kezayis or a kabeya. Says Rabbi Yenis and Ibishetz, what's Rabbi saying? What were the angels asking? The angels were asking, God, why do you accept their tshuva? And you know what Hashem's answer is? Because I tell them to bench if they eat if they're satisfied, and they're machmir, and they bench even if they eat a kezayis or a kabeah. says, from here we learn that in order for tshuva to be accepted, you need, to, you need Hashem to show you favoritism. And God's only going to show you favoritism if you're machmir on things. When the Gemara says that angels ask God, why do you show them favoritism? Their question is, why do you accept their tshuva? That's like really cutting them slack. Why do you... Imagine a judge. You know, a judge convicts a criminal. But the guy says, well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll never do it again. Yeah, no kidding. Behind the bars, you'll never do it again. There's no such thing as tshuva in the real world. A guy kills someone. He says, I'm sorry. I won't do it again. Yeah, when we electrocute you, you won't do it again. So, so the question is, why does God accept our tshuva? And the answer is, because we're machmer on berchas hamazon. Says Rabbi Yonasan Abishitz, it's not only berchas hamazon. Chumras, access, favor from Hashem, in order to allow tshuva to work. So he says like this, that's Pshan, the Gemara Megillah. In the, Gemara, in the Gemara Megillah, the Tanoam asked the Rajbi, why were the Jews deserving of being destroyed? So the Rajbi said, because they were nana from the Sud of Achashverosh. What's wrong with eating at the Sud of Achashverosh? It was kosher. Yeah, it was kosher, but it wasn't Pas Yisrael, and it was Yayin Stam Yenam. So it was a lack of Chumrah. They did not observe Chumras. So the Rajvi said, well, but if that's the case, then only the Jews in Shushan should have been destroyed. So they said, what was it? He said, I'll tell you what it was. It was they bowed down to the Avodah Zorah in the times of Nebuchadnezzar. So the students said, okay, so they should have been destroyed then. No, they weren't destroyed then, because they did tshuva. But then, when they stopped being machmir in the times of Achashverosh, 
God said, I can't give you tshuva. Tshuva doesn't work anymore. Without the pious practice of stringent practice, in some measure, then I can't show you the favoritism. That's how Rabbi Yonatan Ibishitz explains the Gemara Megillah. That the real sin in the times of Purim was that they served Avodah Zarah. But even Avodah Zarah you could cleanse with what? With tshuva. The problem is, tshuva only works if you show extra practice, extra carefulness in certain areas of Avodah Hashem. Basically, chumrais give an opening for Hashem to accept repentance. That's what Rabbi Yonis and Ibishitz, uh, how he learns the Gemara Megillah. So when I saw this on Purim, I said, I, I never really fully understood why chumras are important this time of the year. I mean, if I'm not keeping it the rest of the year, so why should I keep it now? But apparently you see from this Gemara that chumras are not necessarily valuable inherently, but they allow for a certain, they sort of open the door to allow tshuva to be accepted. That's what Rabbi Yonah says about Purim. So it could be that's the concept of extra pious practices during Aser Semechu. It's not that eating Pasisrael is so important. It's important, but it's not, I wouldn't say it's one of the fundamentals. It's a Zahirus. There are many things that are, let's say, ancillary to Enavodos Hashem. Of course, they can't be overlooked. We're not undermining them. But this gives you an appreciation for exactly what the role is during Aser Simei Tshuva. Rabbi Yonis and Ibishet says, Mechadesh, that a Chumrah allows and opens the door for Hashem to accept Tshuva. I think that's a very, uh, very important and beautiful approach. And now we want to add a very important Nekuda. You know, there's a Pasuk in this week's parsha. The Pasuk says, if you look at number 10, Shiches loy loy banav mumam dari keshuv salta. Friends, how does tshuva work? Could Gentiles do tshuva? No. Actually, I, 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 I've said this many times over the years. We're going to take another battery break because they don't like to last. Can Gentiles do tshuva? No. Who says? The Medrash Tanchuma says in Parshas Nasai, Yisa Hashem Panav Elecha, God will show you favoritism and not the nations of the world. So the million dollar question is, we spoke about this many times over the years, why? Either repentance works or it doesn't work. Either you could, either God accepts and forgives or He doesn't forgive. Why would He only forgive Jews and not Gentiles? So we said many times over the years, because our relationship with God is, we're His children. Av shemachal al machal. Father could forgo His honor. You come home from work, your kid's sitting in your seat. You say, hey, how dare you sit in my seat? Could you allow your kid to sit in your seat? Yeah, you could be Michael. How about a king? Could a king be Michael on his covet? A king cannot be Michael on his covet. The nations of the world are not the children of God. Maybe they say they are, but they're not. They only the Jewish people are the children of God. Therefore, God could forgive us because He's our Father. He does not forgive the nations of the world. They cannot do tshuva. So they say, great, we're children, so He could always forgive us. Question, are we always children of Hashem? So we spoke about this many, many times. Reb Meir is of the opinion, yesterday's daf, 
We're always the children of Hashem. Rabbi Yehuda, and I would like to adopt Rabbi Yehuda's opinion um, for, I think it would be very convenient for your own children. Rabbi Yehuda holds, when we act like God's children, then we're His children. When we don't act like His children, we're His servants, we're His slaves. Right? You take your kid shopping, which is a bad first mistake you made, and they misbehave. So people say, who are, who are these kids? So according to Rabbi Yehuda, you could say, I don't know. I don't know. Their mother asked me to watch them for the day. You know, I'm doing their mother a favor. I rented them. I don't know. I'm not sure who they belong to. That's what Rabbi Yehuda says. That when we don't do the will of Hashem, we are not His children, we're His servants. Who do we paskin like? We've spoken about this many times over the year. Even though we never paskin like Rabbi Meir, when it comes to this machlekes, the Rajba says that the halacha is like Rameir, it's the one time in Shas we paskin like Rameir, right? You've heard that over the years, remember that? This is the one, what? The only time, the only time we paskin like Rameir. Even though one exception is by Purim, and one. And if you want to know more about the subject, Be'ez Hashem Chanukah, there's a book coming out, we hope uh, with our scroll, on uh, Rabbi Meir Balhanes, where this whole topic will be Explicated, but the Rajma says we pass like Rameir, We're always the children of Hashem, which then means we could always do tshuva, right? Here's the problem. There's a pasuk in this week's parsha. The pasuk says Shiches loy loy banav mumam. Now this pasuk is a very difficult pasuk to read. Shiches loy. When corruption is his, there are two ways of reading this pasuk. Ready? Shiches loy loy. Corruption never affects God. Banav mumam. The imperfection lies in his children. When there's corruption in this world, it's not God. Chas is corrupt. Banav mumam. His children are corrupt, which would be indicating. That even when, we're, even when we're corrupt, we're still His children. But the Ramban reads it, When we act with corruption, We're not His children. Says the Chida, I can't believe it. I always knew the Rajba Paskin, like Rabbi Meir, were always the children of Hashem. The Ramban, says the Chida, obviously Paskins, like Rabbi Huda that we're not always the children of Hashem. Now, how does that make you feel? That's not very warm and fuzzy. Rav Meir Shita is much more comforting. We're always the children of Hashem. But the Ramban interprets the Pasuk, Shiches loy, when there's corruption, loy banov, we're not His children. So I'm wondering, according to the Ramban, if we're not His children always, and we're not doing the will of Hashem, so how can we do tshuva? Because the same way the Gentiles can't do tshuva because they're God's servants and He's the King and He can't forgive them. So how does God forgive us? So that's a problem. According to Rabbi Huda, how do we do tshuva? So I'll ask you a general question. Really? Only Jews could do tshuva? Could you think of a story where even Gentiles do tshuva? Maybe a story that we're going to be reading very soon? Let's say on Yom Kippur? I mean, what's the story of Yonah, right? Yonah comes, 
He tells the people of Nineveh, there are no Jews in Nineveh. He says, In 40 days you're going down the tubes. God's overturning the city. And they do tshuva. So apparently Gentiles could do tshuva. So one answer, so this is a question of the Ramami Pano. Menachem Azariah of Pano, one of the Italian Mikubalim. So he says, well, they didn't do real, really do tshuva. God just deferred their punishment. In fact, the Malbim says, Oid Arboam Yoim. Oid is Gematria 80. Arboam is 40. In fact, in 120 years, Ninveh was overturned. They didn't, their tshuva was not accepted. Or the Ramami Pano says, you know, they were like 1.2 million. So many people, God had mercy on them. It's not like he, they did tshuva, but God had mercy on the multitude. But he gives another answer. He gives an answer. They did tshuva. And it was accepted. You know why it was accepted? The words he uses is, because they were mamid atzmam al din Torah. What does that mean? Yohannes said, you guys are robbers. You steal. Return the gazela. What's that luck if you steal a brick and you build it into a building? We have to like destroy the whole building to return the brick? So midairai said, you need to. Or let's say you steal a thread and you make a sweater out of it. Now you have to unravel the whole sweater to return the thread. Biblically, you have to. The Rabbanon said nobody's going to do tshuva then. You know, you tell somebody, yeah, go do tshuva, return the brick. Yeah, I just built the, the World Trade Center. Now you want me to build a brick? So the rabbis say, pay for it. Biblically, you have to return it. So says the Ramami Pano, because they went and they observed the law of the Torah, God allowed them to do tshuva, like it says in the Torah. Because they kept the Torah when they didn't have to, God applied to them the laws of the Torah. But the way I understand it is, really they shouldn't be able to access tshuva. But because they were machmir, and they went beyond the law, beyond the letter of the law, so God was, said, okay, I guess I also have to go beyond the letter of the law and accept your tshuva. So what do we learn from here? That even when you're not the children of Hashem, but if you act above and beyond the requirement, God acts with you quid pro quo, and He also acts above and beyond His requirement. So maybe the idea of Chumras during the Aser Simei is if we're not doing the will of God, and you can't access Tshuva because God's our Father and He's Moichalas, and then we don't really have a halachic claim to tshuva. So we say, hey God, we're not worse than the people of Ninveh. They also, they went above and beyond the, the letter of the law. So maybe if we go above and beyond the letter of the law, you'll deal with us above and beyond the letter of the law. Which is very similar to what the Elif Hamagin said, that we're, um, what the Kitzvah Shachanav says, look, we're asking God to deal with us bechasidos, so... We only have a leg to stand on if we similarly act that way. I'm going to share with you a fourth approach. This, uh, my friend in France, Reb Rafael Ansel, sent me this week. This is a very interesting approach. And this explains what it specifically has to do with Pasakam. In other words, if you took out the Mishnah I guarantee you, you could come up with a thousand Chumras. Like, where do we come up with Pasakam? Maybe during a Sersimei too, you should put your Negevaser within your Dalet Amis. You know, why don't we just, well, once we're at it, keep the first Chumra in the, in the Mishnaburah. How do we come up with Pasakam? If you look in Sefer Daniel, Parak Aleph, 
Sukkim through Yedaled. So Daniel was jailed with Hanani, Mishal, Azariah, and the steward was bringing them food, and Daniel said, come on, um, we're not going to eat this food. So if you don't eat the food, you're not going to be able to serve the king. Daniel said, test us. Give us seeds. And test us for ten days to see if we could subsist on seeds. Test us for ten days. And give us from the seeds. We'll eat water and we'll drink. You'll see our appearance. And you'll look at the people who eat the bread of the king, meaning, we don't have to eat the king's bread. We're going to make an experiment. Give those chevra, those goyim, give them bread. Give us seeds. And if we look less healthy than them, we'll start eating the bread also. But give us ten days. So, they gave Daniel and his friends ten days, and they passed the test. Says Rav Sad Yagoyin, what were these ten days? Sad Yagoyin says, we have a tradition, Ba'oisan hayamim shabain rashashana liyam ha'kipurim, keneged the asar nesiyonis of Avram Avinu. So says Rav Isaac Sher. Rav Isaac Sher was the Rosh Hashiva of Slabatka. Rav, Rav Victor Miller studied by Rav Isaac Sher in Slabatka. He says, even though when you look at the Lashon of the tour, it seems like the reason not to eat Pasakom during that Sarsimei Tshuva is it stems from what Rav Chia told Rav, eat Chulen Betahara for 10 days. But it could be there's another reason for it. You know why we specifically choose this Midas Chasidus? Why don't we pick something else? Because we're trying to remind HaKadosh Baruch Hu of the Zuchus, of Daniel, Hanania, Mishal, Azariah, that it was during this time of the year they risked their life and they said to the steward, now we're not going to eat that bread. We'll eat seeds and you'll see if we're less healthy than the other servants of the king. And they did not eat for 10 days and Hashem gave them siyata deshmarah to pass their test. So by us refraining from Pasakum during these 10 days of the year, it's a silent way of evoking and invoking the merit of Daniel, Hananiah, Mishal, Vazariah. And it's a way of saying to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Misha'ona l'Daniel b'goiv ha'arayos hu'yaneinu. Misha'ona l'Hananiah, Mishal, Vazariah b'kivshon ha'ish hu'yaneinu. So it's not a random chumrah. We're emulating the ways of our early prophets who during this time of the year they risk their life specifically to observe this Chumrah. So basically here's the executive summary. What is the purpose of observing stringent practices during this time of the year? Why Dafka Pas Akum? The first approach is that's just an example. But really it applies to all modes of behavior. Why? Speed bump. It's like Zachrein Chaim. So we remember, daven differently, so the Chumras are, behave differently during that Sarsim Approach number two, how could you ask Hashem, act with us, bechasidus, unless we ourselves are acting that way. It gives us more of a leg to present our claim. Number three, since the reality is Hashem is acting bechasidus with us this time of the year, it's appropriate to emulate Him. Approach number four. So we have five approaches actually. Rabbi Yonis and Ibishitz. 
we see from the Gemara Megillah that in order for Hashem to accept tshuva, tshuva is Hashem going above and beyond. Hashem will only accept our tshuva if we observe chumras. That's why Hashem shows favoritism to Klai Yisrael, because we bench in situations where we're not technically required. And that's the reason why in the times of Achashverosh, when we were nene from the Suda, that precluded our tshuva. So this time of the year when we want to do tshuva, by observing chumras, it sort of opens the door specifically for Hashem to be makabel our tshuva. And then finally, Rav Isaac Sher reveals to us that this chumra pasakum is specifically to commemorate and reenact the carefulness of Daniel, Hanani, Mishav Azariah, who risked their life. They said, don't give us the bread of the king, we'll just eat seeds. And their sacrifice in this area is something we want to emulate and invoke their merit. So these are, all of the above are reasons for the extra carefulness we display in Aseris Yimei Tshuva. I wish everybody a good Gebenz Jar. All your should be in the Skaba Bracham of Ratzain. Should all have a year of happiness, health, Nachas the Kedusha. I'd be asking Thank you. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.